Yes, Shima, everybody in podcast land and also on YouTube. I'm James. I'm David. I'm Riley. And this is the Carpal Critics Movie Podcast, where today, I swear to God, we're not going to do that voice the whole no. time. <laughs> I saw the best tweet ever. <laughs> it was like, it's going to be hard. 2020's final death row. Everyone's doing the Borat <laughs> voice again. <laughs> no. But and yeah, today, today we're checking out a subsequent movie film, the sequel to Borat coming, I think the first one was 2006, so this yep. is like, whatever that is, years later, 14 years later, crazy. That's Very it. nice. That's it, that's it. We can do the, we can do we his catchphrases as long as we don't do the accent. That's true. My wife. My wife. <laughs> I like. Very. High five. Very nice. <laughs> You've got a big crumb. Uh, David, what do you give this movie out of 10? By choosing a side, making a point, and still taking time to praise the kind-hearted heroes, Borat 2 is a better and more important movie than the first, albeit less shocking. Although, that's probably because I've been dead on the inside since November 8th, 2016 at around 8-ish p.m. Pacific time. 7.9. It was later at night than that, but uh, all right. Was it? 7.9. Oh, yeah. 7.9. 7.9. 7.9. Wow. Yeah. All right. Wow. I never know what how these wows mean. Give, give me yours. Wow. What are you saying? Oh, wow. How brave of you. Wow, wow, wee, wow. Um, also, spoiler alert. We didn't do the spoiler alert. Here's my slogan. This movie's got everything you'd expect or want from a Borat film with a surprisingly nice family story on the side. Seven out of ten. Nothing crazy there. Wow, Just wow, a solid wow. seven. Nope. I have a chance. I didn't seven. put a wow. I said we weren't doing the the, 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 the yeah, voice. As long as it's not the voice. As long as it's not the voice, it's all good. The show, the voice. King of the Castle, I have a chair. Borat 2 <laughs> brings us everything we loved from the original while updating the format for this crazy new world called 2020. Alongside Terminator 2, The Road Warrior, and Aliens, subsequent movie film takes its place decidedly as one of the best sequels ever. Maximum pubis out of 10, which is actually an 8.5. Wow. 8.5? I, I loved this movie. I thought That's it was great. the perfect sequel. See, I didn't know how much to love it. Because I was like, that's good, I guess. Use your whole heart, Riley. <laughs> <laughs> Love with your whole heart. It's just confusing. That's all. I think it's hard to do like a parody film in 2020 because like it's the world is a parody of itself. Yeah. And like every parody thing like SNL, everyone hates SNL because it's not funny to make fun of what's going on because like it's so fucked hmm. that it's hard to do a parody film. And this one works where it's still funny. It got good laughs, but it has a point. Which right. I really liked. And I like, like you said, it has the family dynamic, which really elevates it above the first for me for sure the first one he's just thirsty for pamela anderson like that's not that funny it's like it's yeah. funny but it's eh. but here it's like he's got to learn to respect women i think it's it's well, true it's i think it's interesting how the character and the message of the film sort of matured in the how long was it 14 years 14 years since the first one came out i think that it was a smart of them to wait that long 100 percent. i mean they probably could have done it a bit sooner but I think there being this big gap be between Borat 1 and 2, I think, uh, prepared the world for more Borat, you well, know? Like, when it came back, I, was like, I wasn't like, oh, man, Borat's coming back. Amazing. I was like, ah, oh, really? They're doing a sequel? That exactly. That's why I like it so much. Yeah. Because it's one of those things when you see, like, let's say you loved, I don't know, Guns N' Roses growing up or something like sure. that. And then in, like, 2015, they're touring again. Right. You're not like, Yeah. Right. You're like, no. Yeah. Like, Why? And all of the uh, 10 year later, 20 year later sequels always they suck. They always yeah. suck. Like Dumb and Dumb or er. Zoolander 2. That's, it always sucks. Yeah. The new album from your favorite band of 20 years ago always sucks. Mm. And so that's where I'm at. Even like Blade Runner 2049, I was like, oh, Harrison Ford's in it. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, I had been burned by The Force Awakens. Right. But when I saw that this was being made, I had that kind of baggage with me. And totally. I, it, 
it totally was unfounded, and that's why I like it. Yeah, I think I don't know. I mean, like it, it definitely it definitely picks up. Like it definitely starts kind of slow. I feel like where we're, it it needs to kind of convince you that it d- deserves to exist mm-hmm. a bit. Because I'm like skeptical going in, as we say. I disagree with that, and I want to get into that right after this message from our sponsor, Mm. PIA. Private Internet Access VPN helps you hide your true IP address so you can bypass geo restrictions and censorship in shitty countries like Uzbekistan. You can connect up to 10 devices at once, and it includes an internet kill switch if your VPN gets disconnected involuntarily. PIA is available for Windows, Mac, Android, iOS, and even has a Chrome extension. <laughs> so check it out at lmg.gg slash carpoolcritics. Why are you guys laughing? Could you tell that I didn't have anything? Oh, yeah, you're supposed to. <laughs> for the kill switch, I didn't have anything. I was like, what am I going to do? I didn't know. I was going to, ah, yeah, I don't know, nothing. Continue. Carpal Critics is also sponsored by Vessi Footwear, famous for making shoes that are light, comfortable, and most importantly, waterproof. They're made from a dual climate knit material, and they're 100% vegan, which can't hurt anybody. Literally. They've just announced their new weekend shoe, which some of us are wearing right now, baby. Mm. V-classy. Head to Vessi.com slash Carpal Critics to reserve your own, or check out their existing lineup and get $25 off using our code. Yes. They're my the only best, shoes. The best code in the world. Uh, yeah. What's the code? Critics, we said that. Yeah. Use it. It's a code, it's a URL, I don't know. Well, one of the things we like in this movie is that it has a plot. And what is that plot, Riley? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> After being in prison in a gulag for embarrassing Kazakhstan in the last movie, journalist Borat Sagdiev is released and given a mission by the country's premier to redeem the nation by delivering Kazakhstan's minister of culture, Johnny the Monkey a literal monkey, <laughs> to Vice President Mike Pence. After circling the world in a cargo ship, Borat arrives in Texas. But when he opens Johnny's cargo crate, Borat finds out his newly discovered 15-year-old daughter, Tutor, stowed away and ate Johnny during the trip. Afraid that he will be killed for this, Borat decides to give Tutor to Mike Pence instead of the monkey. Borat disguises himself as Trump and offers her to Pence at a Republican event, but is thrown out. The Kazakh premier tells Borat to return home for execution, but Borat suggests giving Tutor to Trump's attorney, Rudy Giuliani. Tutor learns from American women that she is being oppressed by her father and runs away. Depressed, Borat quarantines with two men in the wilderness during the COVID-19 pandemic, eventually finding out that Tudor has become a successful reporter and will be covering a March for Our Rights rally in Washington. He finds Tudor at the rally and tells her he, he will be killed if he does not give her to Giuliani. Tudor arranges an interview with Giuliani, but Borat intervenes after he realizes he does love his daughter. And there's the family stuff, everybody. The two return to Kazakhstan, where it's revealed Borat caused the COVID-19 pandemic. Who cares? <laughs> then the father and daughter blackmail the premier into transforming Kazakhstan into a feminist nation. The end. They're both great reporters in the end. Look, I this was a bit of a stumble to the finish synopsis, okay, guys? I love it. James was on my back about it. No, I love it. I love Tudor. She might be She's the best thing great. in this movie. Slam dunk. Oh Whoa. man. Like, okay, who is she? She's such a good actor and comedian. She's Maria a Romanian. She, yeah, she's a Romanian film graduate. Bulgarian. 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 She's a Bulgarian <laughs> film graduate, and she's done a couple things like an Italian TV show and stuff, mm. but nothing big. Right. But they audition hundreds of women yes. to play this role, and they fucking nailed it. That's amazing. She must be a stand-up comedian. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't see anything about that. But but they, as you say, they auditioned hundreds of women, and one of the tests was for them to uh, stay for two hours in a room with strangers and convince them that they are those characters and they are father and daughter 
And <laughs> so like a bunch of actresses went through this process Amazing. and she was like, she came out of the, of the, uh, what do you call that? I wonder when that was. What do you call that? Gauntlet? Gauntlet. <laughs> You're just moving your hands like hitting. I thought it was like the drum, the drum circle. That's a gauntlet. When right do you there. think that was? Because that obviously is a long casting process. I'm sure they only did that at the end for like I don't know, maybe five different people or something like that. But that is time consuming. And I wonder if if they knew, like if she knew she was cast when she was in these other movies. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I think she was in like some 2019 like Bulgarian films. Oh yeah. Like pretty recently. I wonder if she was already Tutar at that time. So wait, does she have an accent? Probably. And that's that's wild. But it, it just she works. was so good. She's on the ball. Like she's as quick as Sasha Baron Cohen, and he's a brilliant improviser. Like he's going places. He like is so actively listening and totally directing every conversation. Yeah. But she is just like toe and toe with she him. She just completely matches him. Yeah. Oh, and I so think it was it's it would have been so easy for them to screw this up uh-huh. and just be like, oh, okay, this is the. It's the sequel. We got to have some stupid twist on it. It's like, oh, it's his daughter with him now. Oh, it's Borat traveling America, looking at it, finding all the racists and stuff with his daughter. Oh, how wonky, how silly and zany. But it it just works so well. No, because it works because it's not a a gimmick. It's actually necessary. Mm. All these changes were necessary. And that's why I threw the plot. That's why it's not even that. I think the execution of this film is so masterful because how the world has changed since the first one. The okay. first one was all hidden camera stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just run the camera when we're on the subway and just do some crazy stuff and look at the reactions of the people around you. Well, that stopped working because people had cell phones and people were just, just doing pranks all the time for YouTube. Mm-hmm. And people started to realize that like you could be on candid camera at any time. And you can actually see this in cinema, uh, this kind of expiring with the movie uh, Bad Grandpa. It was oh, like that Johnny yeah, Knoxville yeah, one yeah. where he dresses up as an old man. Yeah. Right, because that's a bunch of hidden camera stuff, right? Yeah, and in that movie, almost in every scene, the people, when the, the pranks are happening to them, the people start like looking around the room. You yeah. can tell. Yeah. They're like, I'm being punked. What is this? Honestly. I just said the verb punked. That show. <laughs> like, it was, it's so worn out. Yeah. So therefore, I was wondering, like, how the hell are they going to do this movie where, as addressed in like the first five minutes of this, he is recognizable. He can't right. be Borat. Right. He has to dress up and, and disguise himself. Yeah. But the reason it's such a slam dunk to have his daughter is because sh- they cast an unknown. Absolutely. They unknown. didn't have to dress her up. Right. So they can always say, like, I'm famous. I need to dress myself up so no one recognizes me while she gets to just be herself. Mm-hmm. And that's that's necessary because if they had to dress her up, then how can they do things like a makeover and try this dress on and stuff? They can't. She needs to be her authentic, like, undisguised self she actually lives in a barn in, in a cage yeah with in, a, in a cage that's worse than her neighbors <laughs> <laughs> I love but anyway that. all they they got all that together so well and plus they made like a new format for this one mm-hmm. where it's not just hidden camera stuff all the time there is like this kind of manufactured narrative there are scenes that are just for them yeah that are bullcrap but they fit and dovetail so nicely into the rest of the movie totally. they do like when they're punking Rudy Giuliani um, there's a scene that's like in a side room between Borat and Tutor, and it's made to look like they're just whispering to each other when Juliana is like 10 feet away. But it's probably not. They yeah. probably did that like hours later yeah, or days later. Yeah, I was wondering about they that. They just still use crappy lighting and film grain, yeah. so you think it's at the same totally. time. Right. I would love to hear more about how this movie got made. I like As soon as I finished this movie, I started researching, mm-hmm. trying to get all the like... How did they write this movie? Because the first yeah. one was nominated for a Best Adapted Screenplay Oscar. Was it? Yeah. Because it's brilliant. And like so much of it is reactionary to what's going on. It's like half 
documenting these crazy things, but half creating a narrative to push it, put it all together. And the first one does feel just like a series of skits loosely tied together. I don't even remember. Did you watch the first? Did you guys rewatch the first one? I didn't have to, man. I watched it like a million times as a kid. <laughs> I don't remember. I loved it. I mean, I. I think I saw it maybe twice. I don't remember what the plot is. Uh, he gets to America to make a movie about America, uh, and he falls in love with Pamela Anderson. And like the kind of movie is him going to California to marry Ke- Pamela Anderson. He finds out she's not a virgin, gets upset, but then in the end, st- like grows a little bit enough to like accept her that she's not a virgin, and then tries to kidnap her and make her, her his ah. wife, and then fails. But he shirks his duties about making a like um, tourism film for Kazakhstan. He has to. He's traveling with his producer friend Azamat, and he has to convince them to make a new movie right. about Pamela yeah, Anderson. Yeah, yeah. It's Pamela. <laughs> I wonder why they didn't. I mean, wait, is that guy? What happened to his buddy? Dude, he's a chair. I know he's a chair. <laughs> I, in this one, they reveal that they skinned him and turned him into a chair. <laughs> this is why I totally disagree with the, this movie. Had a slow Penis start. Included. That movie, that joke was like in the first five minutes. It was so funny. Oh, no, sorry. I mean, I mean, not that the movie itself had a slow start, but I kind of took a little bit to warm up to it. Okay. Because I was kind of like expecting it to be bad. And, you know, the first, I think I did laugh in the first, you know, couple minutes there, like almost as soon as the movie, st- when the, when the, uh, what are they called? The titles come up that say who's responsible for making the movie. Oh, and yeah, one yeah, of them yeah. is the Ministry of Disease Control. <laughs> and the, the icon is a hand making like the guns <laughs> sign. So like their disease control is like yeah. shooting people. Uh, I laughed right yeah. away. Dude, that. that was in the first even, like 30 I, seconds. Even I think a couple seconds before that, there's a, a disclaimer warning that's like, warning, not suitable for children under three. Me and my wife were laughing so hard we had to pause it. Yeah. I was losing it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. genius. Yeah, that was funny. Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think it starts pretty good right away and I like that they spend less time in the village, but the time that's spent in the village is so good. Like having the TV playing the Cinderella version of Melania yeah. is so funny. And wow, you're like, that was like some high quality animation, animation. Totally. But I love that it's it's setting up that it's like, okay, we're going into more political Borat if we're going to be dealing with this. The joke about the neighbor's cage. Uh, and they, But then they get out of the town pretty quick. Well, I don't want to leave the town yet. Okay, There's yeah. so much give to me, talk me, about just being more. in the town. Um, first of all, all the world building. It's I love when there's reversals. And so there's two good reversals I noticed in this movie. And one of them happens at the beginning. And that is um, that when he's leaving Kusak in the first one, everyone's like, yeah, yeah, our, yeah. our guy, he's going to USNA. That's amazing. Yeah. In this one, they're all like, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get out of here. I hope all your shit has antlers. <laughs> what? <laughs> I missed that. Oh, it's the in the subtitles. The old lady so yells funny. that out. I was laughing too hard. I want to know what the, the villagers are are like what language they're speaking because he's speaking a mix well, of Hebrew and Polish. Yeah, but that's a Romanian village. Oh, is it actually? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, which is kind of ironic because it's such an anti. It's a real village. Yeah, it's like, not built or anything. Like they just like went out and. <laughs> I'm not sure, but like the movie's so anti-gypsy, and that's like traditionally where gypsies are from is Romania. Oh, I see. And so it's kind of part of the. That's another great reversal that this this movie does and the previous Borat does as well, where it's like. Sasha Baron Cohen, the actor who plays Borat, is Jewish, yeah. and uh, so that's why he could make all these, you know, anti-Semitic I didn't even know jokes. that. I want to say I want to oh, yeah. save the Jewish stuff for later because that's so much to dissect. Yeah. But even in, in the town, uh, 
there's all these callbacks and homages to the first one. Oh, yeah. Where, like, you see his neighbor, his yeah. asshole neighbor, and he's he's wearing, he doesn't even acknowledge this, but he's wearing, like, uh, earphones from an Apple product. Because mm. like, remember before he says he's got iPad mini? Everyone knows it's for girls. <laughs> and then so he sees his neighbor, his asshole neighbor is now wearing his pajamas and again wearing earphones. Oh, man. Well, yeah, I, I guess if I rewatched the first one, I would have picked up on, I mean, I still thought it was you, very yeah, funny. There's, I find there's a lot of jokes that are funny be if you can connect it to the first one like he's like oh the only people that can be in cars are men and bears it's like oh yeah that's a call to the first one um <laughs> or, but or you don't his n- son remember my son huey lewis and in the original he's showing photos of his son and like the kid's naked and it's really inappropriate <laughs> like the kid's naked <laughs> oh, holding his dad you yeah, see yeah, him yeah. full frontal you see his dick I oh my God. and then he, in this one he's like he's like oh my my son huey lewis and he's like i hate you so much i rename myself to jeffrey epstein <laughs> and it, it looks like it's the same guy from the photos oh is it oh, up. it looks wow. like it funny. amazing so i, mean, I, I, I just that, loved all that i thought the jeffrey epstein thing was funny but uh, yeah i didn't get the uh i didn't understand the references i love the punching up that they do in this movie like a lot of the the jokes they do, like when uh, they find out that they can't get the daughter to Mike Pence, and they're going through all the Trump cronies. Oh, and they're amazing! Trying to be like, oh, like whatever. What about him? He's yeah. In jail. What about him? He's in jail. Oh, he's, he's arrested. Jail. He's whatever. Yeah. Ugh. It's that seems savage. like a scene they might have done last. Probably, and like that's probably yeah. Even like the narrative of Giuliani is probably yeah something that they've they figured out after after they got an interview with him and this damning evidence because then. That's a pretty good climax. They were probably just trying to get as many crazy things as they could and then shaping it into this yeah. arc. That's yeah. right. I, I think they probably tried to get something with Trump, but couldn't. No. And I, But what I like, what's nice, is when they knew that they didn't get anything with him, they give themselves an out of why this movie yeah. isn't about going after Trump. <laughs> right. And that out is, since I shot on his lawn yeah. in the first movie, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. that was just genius. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I love yeah. how, another great thing they showed uh, that just like, enhances the world building <laughs> of this stupid world, world is when they inject him with gypsy tears oh. <laughs> and you're like oh yeah gypsy tears that's <laughs> yeah they, they, that did you guys think anything of that when when it happened i thought it was just a hilarious callback yeah. to how he like yeah. they give him power yeah me too but then they <laughs> but have this whole twist where that, the, the gypsy tears is coronavirus and it turns out that borat caused coronavirus by Getting injected with it, and then he spread it all around the world because he got on this cargo ship and, like, on his way to Texas, went that's, around the entire globe. That's probably the part of the movie I think works <laughs> the least well, is that kind of, like, oh, he was betrayed by his government to go spread the virus. I found it kind of, like, silly in the way that doesn't but fit into this movie. It happens at the very end, yeah. and so you're kind of like, bah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree with totally both of you. I, was, I could take it or leave it, yeah. but the fact that it was like two minutes from the end, I was like, fine. And yeah, then, sure, yeah. why not? Totally. And then what they do with it after, like the final scenes are so good that it's it's fine. Cinematography-wise, that was actually the worst, though. The, yeah. it's, a, it's a totally fabricated scene. It's just a scene with Tudor and Borat and the premiere of oh, Kazakhstan. Yeah. And oh, they're no, in a, not the premiere. He's the security chief or something. Because that's a real person that they're making fun of. Okay. Uh, the That leader... The, the person that has his point of contact in Kazakhstan, he's a real leader in Kazakhstan. The person they're making fun of is a real leader in Kazakhstan who became president after the Soviet Union fell. And he re- he was the leader until 2019. And he is like super corrupt. He basically never ran a, a legit election oh. and embezzled like a billion dollars out of like the taxpayer fund for himself. And so he's like very hated, but he had so much power that he put himself into the like chief of security or something a real position for life in real life 
And so they're making fun of him, which I appreciate that he did enough research or has enough knowledge that he's poking fun at like real Kazakhstani yeah, leadership. Maybe that's, that's why then in that hallway scene, uh, it's kind of dimly lit, low key, and there's just no light on that guy's face. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, why can't I see? Why do they do this so like, crap? Yeah, like the like real that. guy. Well, and it's like it's so clear Maybe. that it's supposed to be like cinematic lighting, but it just looks bad, and it it's a shame because like it'd be better if it was just mockumentary still, and it looked like it was like a real. Well, uh, I, think at, I think at that point, every time he's in Kazakhstan, you're just like, okay, this isn't a mockumentary. It's just, Fair enough. It's just whatever. Yeah. I, I think that works. That, that makes a lot more sense to me now, why it looks so bad. Because yeah. it's like, oh, they're supposed to, they're trying to obscure his face so that you're kind of like, oh, oh is this the real guy? guy. Yeah. I, one thing I really appreciate in this movie is that they don't punch down quite as much. They obviously still do some punching down. But like in the first movie, if, I always felt kind of icky how much they rip into that town in Romania. And when you find out that they didn't really know what was going on and they were just kind of being oh, taken right. advantage of. In this movie, I got that, that feeling a lot less across the board. Is like, it the same town? I, I never, believe so. I don't know. Maybe it's because I was like a teenager, but I never, I never felt that way. I'm not sure if I still do because like the jokes are just so stupid. He's like standing beside an old lady. This my mother. She is 43. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, they're funny, but like, uh, yeah. Why it, not? <laughs> it's hard. If it was about you, it'd be like a little weird. And like, yeah, if some like Chinese filmmaker made a parody movie about Canada and came and like made fun of every, your whole life and you're like, you find out later that it was a parody, not a documentary, you'd be like, oh. Oh, uh. but you think that you are... Yeah, you're part of a documentary. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. I think that was, it was kind of, kind of icky of them to do it the first time. I and guess. I don't find that as much. And I mean, like, clearly this one is more slanted in a direction. Like the yeah. first movie is just like, we're making fun of the absolute absurdity of all America. And this one is like, we're going to focus on this small subset. Well, not very yeah. small, but this subsection of it's, Americans. And it's funny because the satire, the, the, I don't know if you could call it satire, the comedy directed at, you know, the establishment or whatever mm-hmm. is different than the comedy directed at or based around these, uh, you know, uh, oof, marginalized groups, not marginalized groups, but, you know, Kazakhstan, you know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's like he's making fun of Kazakhstan, but at the same time, he's not really making fun of Kazakhstan. He's making fun of the West's perception of Kazakhstan. Fair enough. So it's like, oh, you know, we, we treat women as livestock and, you know, we live in our own shit, basically. It's like... Okay, that's what that's what the the average you know Western person yeah. thinks of the third world or whatever. Totally, he's not. Yeah, I don't you're, get you're the right. feeling I that think, he's making fun of. I think if you're of. like able to remove yourself and see it from that perspective, it's totally cool. But do you guys remember when those like frat boys went to Kazakhstan and wore the Borat like green mankini thing yeah, in real life? Uh, in real life, and they got fined like forty thousand dollars each by Kazakhstan. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kazakhstan actually did lean into Borat a bit for tourism because it did benefit them a lot. I think they even changed their slogan. They to just like, did that. Very, very nice. nice. They just did that. Oh, um, okay. But uh, so thankfully, Sasha Baron Cohen paid those fines for them. Because, what? Because like what a beauty. Yeah, it's like they're embracing his movie. They're embracing the stupidity Screw those that he guys. I wouldn't really? do that. No way. You're an I mean, idiot. He's he's doing fine. Oh, uh, Kazakhstan's so dumb. Let's they're go his make fun idiots. Of they're his idiots. Yeah, he, he created them. I think that's dumb. I think that's the least he can do. I so in terms of punching down in this movie, there's I kind of want to go through and just like laugh at them because they're so stupid. Punching up, you mean? No, punching down. Wait, <laughs> laugh at who, who? Like the garden home and garden store owner. Uh, oh, when he's I like, see. oh, how many like girls can you fit in this cage? And he's like, oh, like, I don't know, like, and he's like, no, he 20? just says one. Yeah, but see, he says one. This is what I'm confused about. Okay, because are these people victims or not? Like, so what? I, from what I understand, the 
the people in those scenarios know that they or they are told that they're being uh, filmed as part of like a documentary. documentary yeah, uh, false pretenses. They know right. they're being filmed. Obviously, there's lots of cameras in yeah. there, but false pretenses. But then they end up saying or going along with things that are racist or sexist or whatever. And I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure how much of that is just like, oh, we just caught them being racist or sexist, or or how much of it is. Oh, Borat worded the thing in kind of a weird way, yeah. and then we got the I response. Think it's a bit of both. This is something you need to understand watching this movie, and it's really apparent and important in uh, his last show, Who is Who America? Is America? Yeah. Because there is a part of just catching them saying weird things, but then a part of it is coercion, and, uh, but not even like explicit, he wants you to say this, but more like human psychology, like mm. to be cordial and polite and, and to reflect back. Uh, the emotions and sentiment that you're getting from the person you're interacting with, right. you end up kind of just like, yeah, uh, let's high five over that crazy racist thing you just said. <laughs> like, you want a high five? I'll give you a high five. Yes, yeah. that makes me no. look bad. Yeah, yes and no. Where I think like you're right. Like as a human, we want like the least abrasive interactions we can possibly have, and so we want to like agree with people and go along. But it's your duty when a dude comes into your shop and says, "I want on that cake." Jews will not replace us to say no. That's that's your job to say no. See, but in that scenario, I have to I just I just don't in what world is that woman actually writing that and thinking that like she must be in on it. No, 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 no. she's not. It I, totally depends on where you live and who she is and totally. and even if she doesn't agree with the sentiment, she might agree with the idea like that you should be able to get whatever written on a cake that you right, want. Because right. that was like a, a controversy and a big conversation in the US in the last couple of years. Okay, well, okay, wait, wait, wait. I know I feel like it it has to be the case that some of these people were were in on it, like the like the fax guy. They yeah, go back there multiple far, times, yeah. and he's faxing things and getting things back and blah blah blah. And and obviously that guy's not an actor, and he is you know being paid to just like read. Off, he's just a normal guy who's yeah. being paid to read off these faxes. But it's like if he doesn't know that this isn't a real thing, I he, don't know. He must, the he fax must. guy the, to me, the fax guy is the most like that plausible like they were just in there for like three hours sending and waiting for faxes and they didn't tell him <laughs> shit i wonder how long that did but actually he's like take. can you draw this and he just like draws it no questions asked i mean there i guess there might be cutaways where he he like laughs or something and he's like what this is yeah. weird you the, know and i mean like that's the thing we don't see is all the stuff that they edit out of the movie and like all the like him trying to coerce people into doing this crazy stuff and, and to the cake lady's credit she may there may be a cut where she was like oh i don't feel good about that or smiley faces are you sure like she may have protested but they're just not gonna yeah. show it, right so I, I you do have to be skeptical even as someone who's like left of center and loves laughing at uh, republicans like you have to no, that. absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Like, I, I don't want to watch this movie and just think, like, ha-ha, look at all these racist people, look at all these horrible, horrible people, and Borat is exposing them. Yeah. It's like, I, 100%, some of them, you know, that, yes. that is a thing, but, like, I don't want to think that about everybody, because I feel like that's too dark, man. Totally. I need a behind-the-scenes, I need it, to know. But, I mean, like, I still think it's up to you especially in an age where there are cameras everywhere to be in charge of what you're saying. I think that's your responsibility. And like, I mean, who is America is much more damning of the right. It's way worse where like they'll get three racist people and they'll be like, like what's a quinceanera for? Oh, it's for Mexicans to rape 15 year olds mm. and like get shit like that. And like, it's a lot of it's him creating the safe space for them to be racist, but right. they're choosing to say this stuff. And like, I think in this movie it's hard because you have to go through it so quick. It's a movie you have hour 20. It's very short. You have to get through these skits, through these interactions very quick. You don't have the time to 
really buy get the audience to buy in of to the reality of the scene. So there's always at the back of your mind that defense of like, how real is this? How yeah, how real is this interaction? But you shouldn't go along with a dude being like, How many gypsies can I kill with this can of propane? <laughs> like that's not okay. There's no circumstance. Well, it you, be you like, do have to consider the that- power dynamics there. It's kinda like the Me Too stuff with say like Louis C. K. or something like that, where you're like why didn't they just leave? The door wasn't locked. Just he's not even touching you. He's across the room. But you have to consider the power dynamics at play. Like the this guy does have a camera crew around him in his shop. Uh, we don't know the pretenses what that they outlined for him, and he doesn't want to muck it up. And he's just kind of going along with it. So yeah, I think he, that he, he's probably never been on camera forever. You that's know? definitely a factor. I feel like maybe he thought because of the accent there was like a mistranslation or something, and it's like. I, I don't know. That's the I other part know. of it. He's dealing with some like a ESL person and he's just like giving he, he's giving Borat the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, you know? exactly. Exactly. He's like, "Okay, you're yes. saying this you, you're saying you're buying this cage for your daughter, but maybe you, your daughter means the something cage, different." Yeah. Like, I totally could see like if someone said that I'd be like, "Oh, he just doesn't mean that." Yeah. But the gypsies in particular is so <laughs> clear. And he like keeps building on it. He's like, "But like how many gypsies? Like a whole can, one can. As like, many as you put in there. Yeah. <laughs> and and so like that in particular, and there's other circumstances in the movie where I'm like, I don't feel sorry for that guy for being quote unquote tricked. No, and that, that's the excuse that everyone on, on all the Sasha Baron Cohen media is like, oh, I was tricked. I didn't understand what it was. Well, then why did you make a video? Like, it doesn't matter if you were tricked into it. You should never make a video encouraging kindergartners to be armed. Well, I, okay, wait, 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 wait. I'm, th- that, that's I think true. We're talking that, about, that's from This Is America, and I, that's totally true. I think we're talking about slightly different things because I'm not, I'm not saying feel bad for the people who are who get trapped into these things mm-hmm. or whatever. I think I just want to know the behind the scenes. Like, I want to yeah, know. That's fair. I want to know what they were told, the circumstances, because like, <laughs> I. I uh, if, the, it, if yeah. it is if it is the like the guys at the March for Your Rights rally or whatever when yeah, he's singing yeah. the Wuhan flu so- song or whatever yeah. and they're like chop them up the, like the Saudis do yeah. and blah, blah blah and everyone's singing along, I'm like I w- okay I fully believe that a lot of people who would attend this rally yeah maybe not a lot but I certainly believe that some people who would attend this rally might you know go along with this. For sure, and um, and I I think I fa- I found out about that. Uh, he did an interview with Stephen Colbert, and he, did you see that? Yeah, I watched that. And he like explained that they rushed the stage. Like Black Lives Matter protesters showed up, and they recognized Borat. Yeah, they they showed up to confront the people, and they yeah. recognized Borat, and they're like, "Oh, that's Borat." And yeah. then the people at the rally caught on, and they're like, "Hey!" And then they rushed the stage and like got him off or whatever. So I'm like, I believe that some of those people would say things like that, but. Totally. At the same time, I'm like, there's there's definitely some manipulation in terms of like maybe they got somebody to sing along, and then they use that close up, and then we think that there's a ton of people like, singing along. Yes, but I think I think what people trying to defend their actions aren't really like apologizing for is that they're saying the quiet parts loud, and like mm. I do believe that a lot of those people like believe that and think that and kind of say that behind closed doors, but like would never say that in public, would never be on film saying those things but like if you're singing along at a festival about like chop up journalists like yeah. the saudis do like f- fuck you no like, no, you're no, a bad no, no totally totally, totally. <laughs> the for guys sure. that he stays with at their house apparently stayed with them for a week five days yeah. five days that's crazy that's well, and he was in character well he he was in character when he wasn't in his room because i i went through I after, after i watched the movie i was like okay who is an actor who's not Nobody's an actor. That's well. What okay, Macy Chanel, the influencer. Yeah, she yeah, yeah. she th- thought that she was in character. She claims that she was in character when she said. Yeah, that she stuff. claims that though because she's trying to like defend. Maybe, what she says. Uh, but, I don't know. but we don't know. We don't know what they said. To You're her. right. I think yeah, some, we can give I her the could, benefit. I think of the I doubt. could tell in that moment. 
Because it's like, wait, 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 wait. The um, Maria Tutor goes and she's like, I can open a, I can open a beer with my, my small, small hole. hole. <laughs> and she goes, and she actually does How it. How does and she I'm do like, that? Like, no, I'm on like, the filming she level, she didn't actually do it. So but that where did she get K? It's just a prop. Made, it's a prop that like makes a sound. Oh okay. well, maybe. You know, but, maybe. but that also made awesome. me think that the influencer was in on it because she was saying, I don't know, she was a little, she was going along with it a little. She, too no, much. she was like, don't, don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. American women are supposed to be weak and blah blah blah. I'm like, mm, I don't That's know if fair. people would actually say she that. She might say that to someone whose like English skills are so down maybe, there, like a 15 year old who doesn't speak English at all. Sometimes you have to simplify ideas so much. For sure, but I. I feel like at the very least it's questionable. I think I think what I do like about this movie is that even the uh, two dudes that he stays with, Jim and Jerry, I don't know who cares. I don't know. They he does still humanize them a bit. Like he shows that like they're oh, kind totally. and like they take him in in, yeah. in a in a crisis. Like that's really kind and warm and nice. And then they tell him about how Hillary and Obama torture kids so they it's can get really their adrenal blood. It's really <laughs> interesting how they say that, though, because he says, like, Borat's like, they really do that? Yeah. And they go, it's been said. I've heard, mm, that's what said. that's what we've heard. Yeah. So well, it's, it's one of yeah. those things where it's like a lot of people on the internet will say, like, oh, these Bilderbergs, the lizard people, blah, blah, blah. But then when you actually talk to them in person, they're like, as they're saying him out loud, they're like, yeah, this is kind of stupid. Totally. I, I don't really believe this. He said, too, in later interviews, he kind of feels sorry for them because, like, they're just the product of all the shit that they're consuming. Yeah. And like as adult human beings, it's our responsibility to filter what we take in. And so it's their responsibility to not take in all these crazy conspiracy theories. But it's also harder. It is more complex than that. I, I love when movies do this kind of thing or any sort of media where they kind of sh- take people who you would think are like horrible racist Nazi people or whatever. And like for sure, maybe they are, but like they, they give a more humanistic look at them and be like, look, this is, this could happen to anybody. This to me is the danger of bubbles where it's like, it's been said that Hillary Clinton drinks the blood of babies or whatever. And they hear it somewhere. But then when they interact over and over and over with only other people who also have heard that and are entertaining the idea, then the idea grows and grows and grows and gets stronger and stronger and stronger. But when they have a conversation with somebody outside their bubble, yeah, and they're like, "Wait, what, what? are you talking yeah, about?" Yeah, and yeah. they're like, "Well, it's been—I uh, heard somebody say it." Check out how those guys were not sexist, though. Yeah, yeah. That actually <laughs> yeah, goes, goes back to what David was saying about you being responsible, like for what you're saying and how, like, maybe you know, you can't really blame this scenario because those guys, even though they had all the same pressures, although they were living with them, so it's not the same as being yeah. filmed for half an hour. They they were just like, no, no, women have the same brains as us and the same ability to think. Yeah, why wouldn't they be able to drive? Yeah, yeah, they're, they, they they're, totally, they're there wasn't even like a, a backhanded, like anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. They were just like straight up. I thought that was a measure of the progress that Western society has made. <laughs> yeah, since the last one even. Well, it's like we still have these people who are, you know, that have these bigoted views and all this yeah. stuff, but like at least... You know, at least when you find the 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 weirdo QAnon supporters, they believe in women's rights. <laughs> that you know? guy though was actually a really compassionate and like nice guy. Oh Remember yeah, when he they seemed like fine when they I were mean, at the protest know. and he sees Tudor and yeah. he goes and talks to her and he's describing the plight of Borat and trying to get Tudor back on Borat's side. He's yeah. like, if he goes back to Kazakhstan, they're gonna tie him to cows and the cows are gonna <laughs> the eat the turnips. turnips. And they're gonna rip him apart and that's how they're gonna kill him. <laughs> And he looks like he's almost crying. Totally. Like he yeah, really he's believes like what he's saying. Concerned. He's just totally. such a gullible idiot, totally. but his heart is in the right place. 
and I, and I like you were saying, Riley. I think that that's one of the successes of this movie is that they can show how stupid what they're saying is saying, but like there's still people with like complex layers and like there's totally. good layers to those people. Yeah, I think one of the most dangerous aspects of like political polarization. I mean, we're in Canada, so we're not experiencing it as bad as other places in the world. But uh, one of the the worst things about polarization is the tendency. This it just like solidifies this tribal mentality that like mm. the other side is just these horrible devil people, and they don't deserve anything. And the chasm cannot be crossed. Yeah, they there cannot, is no yeah, common ground. Exactly, exactly. But it's it's. I feel like things like this. <laughs> Movies like Borat, really, <laughs> really, uh, I feel like they they serve to illustrate that. Totally. Look, we're all people. We all have minds that can be changed. Just mm-hmm. like you know, let's try not to kill each other. Yeah, I, it's it's a hard thing to get across, and something that media often tries to do. Like I was watching a Star Trek episode last night where they capture an injured Borg and they like kind of get him back to health, and they kind of one by one learn that like when this Borg is separated from the group. They're yeah. actually like an individual, and as you like teach them compassion he's, and he's, kindness, he's actually a really great guy. Yeah, Hugh, he's great. <laughs> I am Hugh. Um, oh wow! But he learns compassion and like learns friendship and all these things. And I think like that's what we've totally lost is the ability to cross the bridges to meet with people where they are mm-hmm. and talk. It's like we converse through 280 characters at a time. We yell at each other, and it's like way more satisfying, way more uh, like like objectively gratifying to slam dunk on people. Yeah. And I mean, I'm a hundred percent guilty of this. So like I'm not, I've done it. I've, I'm super guilty of it, mm. but Twitter's I w- hard, man. For sure. It feels way better to just like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fucking stupid. Well, like slam dunk retort. Yeah. The most insidious part, part of the whole fake news kind of paradigm is the fact that no, nothing is real. They've delegitimized all, all institutions and authorities. Mm. So we can't have the debate. Because we can't agree on facts. Right. Because we're in a post-truth era. There is no truth. Yeah. So we might as well not even talk. We're never going to get along. Right. We're never going to hash this out. It just kind of devolves back to survival of the strongest. I had a, a discussion with um, this guy in my family who we we disagreed on something like that. And th- I learned two things. First of all, I learned that because he, he actually was like, no, we might as well not even talk about it. And it makes me so upset. And the second thing I learned was if you're talking to somebody who writes the letters MSM instead of typing out mainstream media, that means they type out <laughs> and talk about mainstream media too much. <laughs> yeah. They're fucked. Leave the room. Right. Yeah. And that's a hard Wait, thing. Is it sometimes? You agree? Oh man, this guy. As soon as I saw, I'm like, what? What's MSM? What? Ma- that must be mainstream media. Whoa. Wow. Well, You're at yeah. that level? I'm out of here. And at, well, we're talking about how we shouldn't do this and we want to cross the, the aisle, but at the same time, I think I agree with you where it's like, that's going to be a long conversation, Don't a do long it over text. process. Well, yeah. Yeah. Do not do it yeah. over that's text. The, that's the hard thing, too, and I think it's exacerbated. It's exacerbated by the quarantine where even the people that I've disagreed the most with, when I was at my most religious and I've met with the absolute like most staunch atheists, um, in person, you can have those debates. You can right. listen to them. They can listen to you. Yeah. You can like work around the nuances, and it's like you don't have to sound angry. But when it's in text, it always sounds angry. Right. And like because we're quarantined, we can't have these in-person conversations, ex- except with the people that are already inside our bubbles that share our values. And so like I think that this year has been especially bad 
not only is like the political landscape an absolute nightmare, but because there is no ability to cross right. those bridges. People have just been staying home and interacting totally. it's, online. It's totally huh? worse. Again, uh, weird to reference Louis C.K. twice in one podcast, <laughs> but he said it best when he was talking about bullying and cyberbullying, because when you used to bully kids on the schoolyard, you said something mean to them, and you saw their face scowl and be yeah. hurt, then you saw that face and mm. instinctively you might mirror it and you'd be like, wow, what I just said had an impact and was mean. Damn, maybe I shouldn't do that. When you do that on the internet, you're just like, send, see you later. Yes. Yeah, suck it, robot. Yeah, and you see like like, like likes going up and you're like, oh, that was yeah, fun. Exactly. That was hilarious. Oh, man, did you see this like zinger I made? <laughs> How many likes it got? Are we ready to pivot? Yeah. I have a list of different types of comedy that are in this movie. Hell yeah, let's do it. And I think it's it. a fun way to go through the movie. We can dwell on our favorite jokes from yeah, each yeah. type. Um, first of all, a mainstay of Borat is watching people be uncomfortable. <laughs> you just see, you see him, because he's ostensibly from a different culture, you see him doing wacky crap and everyone else around him reacting to it. <laughs> like in this one where they go to that, they actually manufacture a kind of like debutante ball. Okay, yeah, I had questions about this. What's your question? Well, first of all, I... I mean, it makes sense in hindsight, I guess, that these things exist, but I had never really encountered, like, I've never seen this before, yeah, it's a, yeah. where it's like, uh, wait, is this, what is, is this the 18th century or I something? I would imagine. Like, are these, like, nobility having, like, balls and stuff? This would be similar to, like, the pageant world type yeah. of circles. So what they said, they, so they said that sense. they were doing a documentary. Right. So all these fathers and daughters brought their- Did they make this ball event, like, for the documentary? Or I they think gonna... so. I think they, uh, their crew threw this event. And that's how he walks up to the DJ and he's like, hey, can you play a kind of song? And suddenly he plays the correct song. Right. It's because they threw the event. And he paid all those people to be there. They all paid like a hundred bucks. Like someone came out after and was like, I had no idea what was going on. I was told it was part of a documentary. We got a hundred bucks for being here. And their phones were taken away. Yeah. You can see like when these crazy events are happening, when they're doing this, uh, they're doing this traditional dance where she like reveals her like hairy, bloody vagina. The moon blood No one's taking videos, which is what everybody would do. It's the fertility dance. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was shocking. But that, that, was, that yeah. whole scene is just watching other people react to it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. I like the, the when he's trying to get his phone and he like finds out you can go on Pornhub on oh, the phone. Oh, my but, God. And then he <laughs> takes it to the bathroom, but it's still connected to the <laughs> display so the guy can see what he's watching. Yeah. And the guy's just so casual about it. He <laughs> figured it out. What to do. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> yeah. another, another type of humor is uh, watching people say crazy shit given the circumstances, which we've been talking about already. Yeah. Um, there's there's one of that debutant ball. That's <laughs> so awesome. The guy, I don't know what he's trying to get across, but again, he's simplifying his language because he's talking to Borat, but he ends up saying, that's what we love in the South. <laughs> Pretty girls. They're fun. <laughs> it's like, what? Your daughter. Yeah, like, yeah. He's like talking about his 15-year-old. Okay, wait. Did anyone believe that she was 15? Because she's 24. She goes to that babysitter. I know, but like... She looked pretty young. It's hard to tell, and you don't want to like. She has so much like, makeup on. Yeah, she you does. could be like, yeah, she could, she looks older. It's true. I think my favorite comedic setup is when uh, Tudor swallows the plastic baby, <laughs> <laughs> and it's like you're like, this is a funny joke. Like, oh, for the first time, he's showing a little kindness to her. He gives her a cupcake, and she doesn't really know what to do with it, and just eats the baby whole. Yeah. And like, they're trying to get it out, but they go to an abortion clinic. But it's one of like the not real abortion clinics right. that exists to convince people not to get abortions. Right, right, right. And, and no matter a what they, not a he's doctor. a pa- yeah, exactly. Yeah. And this no matter, is amazing. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, he's like, yeah, you absolutely shouldn't get it. He's like, no, it's my baby. Like, I... I, I just feel bad I because I'm her. the one who put the baby in her. <laughs> and like, My daughter. It's one of those things, I think that's like when Borat said it's best, when it's like, 
merging the absolute shocking with actual like a point and it's showing how fucked up these places are like they don't need yeah. to exist right. they're not helpful in any way and like if a dad molested his daughter like that girl shouldn't keep that baby that's fucked up yeah and the guy's like the guy's like look it's not important how we got here he doesn't even want to know yeah. he doesn't yeah, want to yeah, know yeah, the yeah. details that's <laughs> yeah. another type that i've got listed here that's the audience superior is mm. it's probably one of the only times in the movie where the previous scene where they're in that back alley eating that cupcake you're like, they're, why are they walking behind this dumpster? What is going on? You yeah. think something crazy is going to happen right then and there. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't happen until the next scene. It's all just serves as setup. So, so in good. the next scene, they could say, I gave her a treat. You know what I mean? But how could I not? That face. I, I think, and I think this, that's a great example of like how the movie does such a great job of connecting all of these seemingly unrelated scenes. Mm. Like... Yeah, it's the the movie is composed of all of these kind of like well not hidden camera but you know kind of like documentary bits and they've connected all of them with these little skits. Totally. And I I think there's a beauty there's an art there and how they found out how they could connect totally. all. Totally. That's well, probably why yeah. there's like seven writers yeah. from right. the credits. Totally. Right. And well, because like, you think about it like and when she swallows the baby, you're not like this is weird and like it's part of another joke. It just feels like it's the natural conclusion to what just happened. Yeah. And so like the flow of it is so brilliant. And like you can really see the seven writers work to connect it all so yeah. smoothly. My question there, though, is why did that shop, that cake shop, the same cake shop where they wrote the Jews will not replace us on the cake, why did they have cupcakes with babies on them? That might that's, have been planted. That was another thing so, why that yeah. made me think that that's probably that was planted. kind of a setup. I think that's a planted they, one. The cake shop, they know, they think they're doing a different documentary or some other pretense, but I just wonder, like, yeah, can you make up like a dozen cupcakes that have babies on them? They're like, okay, I guess. Just kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. I think that could be real. And I mean, like, they, at that point, they're not really, like, interacting that much with her. Or they're not trying to get a crazy reaction out of the lady. Yeah. They just are now telling the story that is part of the next scene. But that's another example of when there's, like, dialogue between Borat and Tutor, which is for the narrative, but they do it in, a, in like, uh, what do you say, like, in situ. They, they do it right there in the scene, and that real-life person who's not an actor is also standing right there. Yeah. Because she's like, Daddy, Daddy, I really want this cupcake. He's like, no, 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 no. Daughters, you know? And, yeah. like, they're doing that. The these are rehearsed, like, written dialogue yeah. lines, right, and they right, just right. do it in a real-life setting. So it kind of really blurs the lines between what the hell am I watching? It's yeah. like a whole new format. It yeah. also just gives me a ton of respect for these two actors that they are able so to pull good. this off and not break or yeah. not screw up the yeah. lines or whatever in... The situation There's, with a real person. Yeah. I'm like, there are no reshoots, man. You it's can't do it again. So good. And that's what he says. He's like, this is the hardest kind of filmmaking to make is that like there's one opportunity. And like once you burn it, it's burnt. That's it. You're never, Mom's ever going to see those people. Mom spaghetti. Mom, yeah. But, um, <laughs> but that's why they have to be so method yeah. and, and really be those characters. Because the example that uh, I thought was the craziest version of this was when Tudor's in the car with her babysitter lady, a crazy hero of a lady. She's she like, great. Best. And she's explaining to her how she should not get breast implants and she should use her brain and like, you know, go to just, school. Yeah. Yeah. And have like a real life and uh, self-determination and all that. And so if you're Tudor, the actor, or you're, you're Maria Bakalova, the actor sitting there, you're like, like everyone on set who can hear what that woman is saying is like, yes, Yes, yeah. yes, this is gold. Well, this is gold. And that's yeah. what I, I guess that's my question is like how much of this whole storyline was mapped up? I mean, they must have known that they wanted to do this whole like family, well, not redemption arc, but you know what I mean? Yeah, like, like learning to love his daughter. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like when Tudor's sitting there hearing that gold, obviously part of her brain is being excited that they're getting right, this and gold. she doesn't break. She never smiles or gets excited. Yeah, she yeah. just stays yeah. in character and gives her a heartfelt hug and is almost crying while hugging her. Yeah. It's yeah. just masterful acting. 
Yeah, I, I want to. I want to know what the relationship is between those moments that happen, where they're like, "Whoa, this is a good storyline." The relationship between that happening naturally and them having this storyline beforehand, and then trying their best to have these live situations kind of feed into that. There's probably so much material that's just not funny, but is necessary. Cu- like, yeah, totally cut. cut. Yeah. There could be there could have been other babysitters. There could be all these characters they lived with for three days right, that we right. never see. Yeah, well, I, I could totally see that, that they go to 10 bakeries or whatever, and then like nine of them don't do what they want, and they just keep going until they get the one that they want, just, yeah. and it makes it look even more ridiculous. But some of this stuff was so recent. Like the Giuliani yeah. thing, or the, the Pence rally... That, was it in February? Yeah, we knew. We, oh, really? we heard about that. We heard well, about the, the yeah, other like, rally you know, too. If they, he was, they but we didn't know that was COVID, Sasha Baron so. Cohen. That's like what's crazy. Because he, we had heard oh, you that. Mean you heard about that? When yeah, it that happened? was like a thing. It was like a weird Trump impersonator broke oh. into a Pence rally. I never heard about it. And like that was basically all I heard. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Whatever. It's just some either some weirdo or some trying protester. to offer his daughter to yeah. the vice president. Yeah, I don't. President. I don't remember hearing that in the headline. He said he waited in the bathroom for five hours. So he burst in the <laughs> he burst in the lobby in a clan outfit, right? Yeah. yeah. No one stops him. And I think I think he goes from that to the bathroom. He does. Yeah. Then he waits five hours, and then he busts into the that Trump mask looked really good. Well, cinema quality. Yeah. Yeah. It's like professionally made and stuff. Yeah, so it wasn't just a mask. It was like they no. did the full makeup. Like, they, he didn't they, buy that at a, gr- at in a the, store. Yeah, in well, the, again, in the story of the movie, <laughs> he got it. But yeah, I was like, how did he put? On, how does a mask look so good? <laughs> if that's like planted, it might have been. Who knows? I mean, it's he's big enough that he could still have a costume. It wasn't the only even like that I'm, funny of a moment. I feel like it must have been. I thought it was great because he was totally in character being like, there's nothing like No, me. it was good. It was good. <laughs> I, it was good. I just feel like if they, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Who the knows? only one I know for sure is set up is when at the beginning when he's going outside and demonstrating how everyone knows what he looks like mm. now and he's walking around with a bag on his head and then he runs into the street and a car almost hits him and slams the brakes. Yeah, that's... You know, he's not going to run in the street and risk his yeah. life. Like that's their car. But I don't know about like, when uh, Tudor arrives in Johnny the Monkey's crate, and then Borat's like, "No, we're sending her back," and he gets that the guy dude. to hammer it shut again. Is yeah. that an actor? No, that guy's got to be hired. Like, he, I, 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 I don't know. I think that like, I if I was that person, I would assume that it's like a joke and it's a movie, and you just kind of like that. I feel I like I would go along with. I'm like, they're not actually shipping her back, and like, if he actually wants me to drive it back, I'll drive her a little bit and then see what's up. I think what makes sense to me in this in in those moments is that the people that they're hiring are not actors they're not you know any sort of they're just they're just dudes they're just yeah. regular random people and they don't really care they're like oh i get to be in a documentary cool i'll kind of yeah. like play along probably with get it like 100 bucks or whatever and yeah and then they're like playing along to a certain extent and it ends up looking like they're just uninvolved random people yeah but you know they're in on it like that guy has to be he's helping them he's helping him <laughs> nail his yeah. daughter back into a box like, i don't know man again he, he's not are, just some rent like people are deferential the boss says do this yeah okay. i know but what i'm saying i'm saying that that guy knows that it's a it's a gag yeah i think sure. that one yeah, yeah. he knows it's, it's he know, a gag he doesn't actually he, think that's what that's what he's I think, doing yeah there is definitely some of that yeah, yeah. A- another moment that's like totally this is the essence of borat this is why we come to see borat is the whole fish out of water aspect and um, but they do it so much more delicately delicately in this one whereas in the first one we can watch like a 10 minute scene of him not knowing how to drive in this one they just do a quick reversal of that where it's now it's his daughter in the car she's not driving she's frightened because she doesn't think any woman can drive it's just <laughs> yeah. freaking up from that yeah um but the the best fish out of water stuff is why is the sky so low honey this is a room (laughs) 
And when she's, she's riding in the car, there's so little wind inside. Yeah. So oh, they don't it. spend time. They're all one-liners. Yeah. So we still yeah. we still get the satisfaction of watching Borat, uh, but we just don't dwell on it because it, it would be old hat if they yeah. beat the horse with that. Totally. I think a lot of that stuff is improv, right? Because probably. they... I think that line was probably written, the sky solo. I don't even know. Maybe. That's Who a knows? brilliant line. She's brilliant, so maybe. This is called a room. <laughs> the fact that you have to ask, and again, with the actors, who's their actor or not, the fact that you have to ask the yeah. questions yeah. mean that they did an amazing totally. job. Yeah, they had to make sure that, that she was excellent at improv. Yeah. Oh, man, I just, I love everything about this movie. I love that the soundbite they use of Mike Pence is him being like, there's only like 15 cases in the US and like two new <laughs> ones. And we're like, with the, like, what is it? The audience, like higher perspective, like with our knowledge of what actually has transpired. Yeah. The 8 million cases, the 225,000 deaths. And oh Borat calls God. him a pussy hound. <laughs> pussy hound Mike Pence. That's so hilarious. So good. Yeah, you can't leave him in a room with him. The best type of humor that I think Borat is really known for, though, I actually, I, I didn't know what the name for this was. So I went on to our subreddit called Ask Linguistics. Oh, wow. Or Ask Linguists. Is there a name for this type of humor? The type of humor where you use overly simplistic or literal language to expose the kind of nature of a thing. So you, everyone has seen recently these um, cartoons are by a guy named Nathan Pyle where it's aliens doing human yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yep. it's like an alien is like giving a candle as a gift. And it's like... Yeah. It's a gift that you need another tool to turn on. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's just like... Over literal. Here is a self-combusting wax pillar or something. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. It's, it's just like exposes the absurdity of the culture or the behavior. And so I only got one reply, but the guy or the person said, this is sometimes called defamiliarization. Oh. And defamiliarization is like a, it's a higher level... Um, kind of concept that applies to more stuff and it's all sure. postmodern and Foucault and crap like that and um but that that's what it is so when you can you can see like uh, like at the end of the movie when they have instead of a Jew parade they have like the uh, scary American oh, parade yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. it's like <laughs> they they kill Fauci and he's like stomping on the syringe and it's like yeah the Americans have succeeded in their battle against science <laughs> and it just it just exposes like how stupid yeah. this all is I love it ironically Defamili defamiliarization ironically I think the act of you explaining defamiliarization is an act of defamiliarization in itself oh the layers this <laughs> that's, podcast that's Show, uh, not Dan Harmon, the other guy from Mark Maron. No, 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 no. The other guy from uh, Ricky, and, Rick and Morty. Justin Roiland. Yeah. yeah, his other show, Solar Opposites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's all about defamiliarization yeah. too. Right, right. The aliens like living in this human world. Pretty good show. Third Rock from the Sun. Oh shit! I thought there's another yeah. show about aliens too. Probably. It's okay. There's lots of aliens. They're real. They build the pyramids. <laughs> oh, one of the best. One of the best was uh, when he finds out the Holocaust isn't real. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And that, well, I, actually, I couldn't fit this into my... Because you were like, do the synopsis real quick. And I was like, oh, it's Borat. It's going to be a real quick synopsis. And then I was, as I was writing, I was like, whoa, there's a lot of like little twisty, turny yeah. things like, that happen. I guess this still counts as defamiliarization, but just how amazing it is just the feeling that you get, the emotion you experience is so novel when it's like he's happy to learn that the Holocaust is not fake news, which yeah. I'm happy to learn that. Let's back up because Tudor, one of the reasons Tudor runs away is because she 
sees a fake news thing about the Holocaust being not real. Yeah. So then she's like, look, the Holocaust is, is not real. Yeah, everything like, I believe is not real. And he's depressed No, no she's got this book that is like the rule book of their all their worldview. And then she says, no, I found Facebook. Facebook is full of truth. Right, right, right. And right. she shows Facebook and it's like, Holocaust yeah. isn't real. Right. When she's had the, the, the scenes with the babysitter, she's discovered masturbation and that she won't be eaten by her toothy vagin. Yes. Um, so anyways, he's depressed yeah. because he's like, oh, the Holocaust isn't real. So because then he decides to <laughs> because commit. Because he loves the Holocaust. Yeah, like, because all the, the National Pride is anti-Semitic. Yep. So then he decides to commit suicide by dressing up as a Jew. Right. He de- he decides to commit suicide by entering a synagogue. Oh yeah, yeah. They and so he'll kill be him. killed by Jews. So then he dresses up what as what he thinks a Jew is. Did you see his costume? He has he's carrying a marionette, a, a marionette yeah, puppet, yeah, and yeah. on the puppet it says media. <laughs> 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 that whole costume is so amazing. He's got a super it's long incredible. nose. He's got devil so, wings. So then yeah, he the talks claws. to like a, holoca- he, a Holocaust survivor and Holocaust educator who's now deceased. The lady yeah. that he actually um, he dedicated the movie to. What an amazing woman. And yeah. You can tell she's so sick. She's but anyway, awesome. uh, she tells him the Holocaust did happen and she was there. So then he experiences like being so happy that it wasn't fake news. And it's weird because... I'm happy that it's not fake news. Like, I'm happy that the world knows it actually happened. Yeah. But he's happy also for a completely different reason (laughs) than me. And that is just, like, so elegant. I love that. Yeah. There's so many layers to it. I I love love that lady, though. Like, I want to dwell on how much that, like, we talked a little bit about that, like, crossing the bridges, that kindness can kind of solve a lot of what's going on. She's proof of that. Like, totally. Imagine someone came face to face with you with, like, a racial stereotype as offensive as can be and is like trying to get a rise out of you yeah. and you just like slow them down like step by step kind of just dismantle their beliefs I think though I don't know exactly I the details but this this was no she wasn't no 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 no, no. Wait, but wait, what wait. did happen was in this case they actually broke their own rule and they did tell her because I think it was just too extreme after I think it was no, during no, no. It they, was, it they, was, to- they did tell her that that, that thing was a gag yeah. and then they moved forward after that what I read was that like they got through it, and at the end, he was just like, "We have to oh, rectify okay. this." And okay. I mean, like, she, she she's on record. So there's a there's a whole drama around that. Her family was suing the production because they were upset, and they said that she didn't know what was going on, uh, and that it's like defamation. And it's like kind of like from an outside perspective, watching the movie, it's like, no, she's the hero of the movie. That's right. She, she's actually espousing the real themes. She's totally. She's the the anti satire. The, the case got thrown out because they have footage of him explaining what the movie is to her. So like, it's they did do that. Yeah. Um, but she forgot. No, her fa- her family was like upset because like fair enough. If you're but it parent- seems like they were upset because of they were confused too. I think they were, but I think they were just. It's not cool to have your dead relative in a movie if you don't fully understand and like if it was a Borat movie you'd be like apprehensive to accept yeah. it and right it's, away. Se- it's sensitive subject matter yeah. it's like it her like whole identity and life's work is the Holocaust it yeah. seems like there was just a miscommunication where like Fair the enough. Borat producers probably thought that she understood and she thought she understood but then the movie came out and they were like what yeah hilarious though when she's like do I have a small nose? Yeah. yeah. Does my, or do I have a big nose? Does my friend have a big nose? Big and then Borat's like, well, hers is a little bit bigger. But. <laughs> and then he's like, I'm hungry. And it just immediately cuts to them eating soup. Yeah. On, the, on those synagogue pews. Like, uh. Yeah. I think when they take the time to add warmth to the movie, I think that's just like what the missing ingredient of the first one is. There's, there's so no, many grace notes. Totally. There's no warmth in the first one, but this one, like there's a lot totally. of kindness and human goodness yeah. that really helps to, make the disgust palatable. Like Borat, Borat doesn't really learn 
a lot of things in the first one. No. He's, he's just, he's still Borat. Yeah. But at this one, it's like, they take that starting point of, okay, we, we're from this culture where women are nothing better than livestock, <laughs> and they go, and they change it. They're yeah. like, okay, I, I do admit that I love my daughter, and it's like- He, he yeah. loves his daughter even more than his sons. Because right. at the beginning, he says, uh, I wouldn't, if I loved you equally to my sons, I would get a death sentence. And in the end, he leaves all, he thinks he's going to die, and he leaves his whole estate to her. Right, right. I have a question. I have a related question though, which is, do you think that Borat or Tutar is the protagonist, or do you think it's a dual protagonist movie? It's really mm. tough because uh, here's how you figure out who the protagonist is. Uh, number one, who gets the most screen time? Yeah, it's actually pretty equal. They have a lot of screen time together, and they each have their own solo screen time as well. Who drives the plot? At the beginning, kind of Borat, but then. It's really give and take. Sometimes he's doing things uh, in response to like her desires. Yes and no. I don't think it's. I think it, it is Borat because like if you look at like the the arc that they're going through, like he has the low point. He is the one that's like on the quest. He's the one that has the most growth. Like her. I don't. Growth, I don't think she has the. I, I was gonna okay, say. No, I should say her growth happens way earlier, and like that's not part of like the arc of the movie. Her growth is at like the the like t- mid to two third point where she's now liberated as a woman and she wants to be her own person. Whereas Borat has to like use that growth to have his final part of the arc. Right, okay, so who has the longest emotional journey to go on is one aspect of it. Uh, another one is who who's present and like active during the climax, and I think that's what you're talking about right yeah, now, yeah. and that's Borat, so you yeah. could say it's Borat. And I think like if you look at the climax, he's the one that's actively trying to stop something, actively trying to change change it and she's like kind of already doing her thing like she yeah i would say that borat is i guess that brings us to uh the thing that we have to absolutely talk about rudy giuliani i so (laughs) this was a headline before this movie came out and like they released the photo of him on the bed with his hand down his pants and stuff i uh i don't think it's as bad as people want to make it out to be let's describe the scene absolutely okay so they have an interview uh she's obviously trying to like kind of be flirty for sure. During the interview, puts her hand on his on his knees and stuff. But he also like, hey, come here. Grabs both of her hands. Goes, you're gonna be, you're doing great. And like, yeah. he's really touchy too. There's definitely yeah. some weird, big yeah, smiles, personal kind of thing going on there. For sure. He, she uh, says, "Let's go talk alone in this other room." He gladly goes with her. Yeah. And then scotch. drinking, they're drinking alcohol and cheersing and shit. They go into this other room, and I guess that's when he sits down on the bed. Um, he asks her for her address and phone number. That's the only contacts we're given. We don't know if she initiated that by like, let's... Yeah, he said that? Yeah. yeah. Wait, why would he... He said, write down your address and phone number. The way it's presented, it makes it sound creepy, like he wants to get but together we don't, with him. We don't but know. we don't know if she if she posed a question that he's answering. There's a lot we don't see. Yeah. Sure. And that makes it definitely... She helps him remove his microphone, which I guess is under his shirt. Yeah. And then... So she's kind of like lowering herself down while he sits like seated on the bed. And then he leans backward and lays on the bed. And at this point, I'm yelling at my TV. I'm like, no, because I heard that some crazy crap. Yeah, happened yeah, yeah. And then he, oh, before he leans back on the bed, though, he actually, he puts his hand on her, like yeah. on her waist, waist, on the back and yeah. like kind of rubs her or pats her, to- which is totally inappropriate. Yeah. Yes. Then he lies down and just does tuck his shirt in like a fat guy would. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little bit weird how he does it. Like, I'm not ready to say that he wasn't tucking his shirt in, but it's like the way it's at least it's edited. It looks like he's taking his sweet time down there. Like I, I, the way that I ended up seeing this, I think was that he was definitely thinking that they were going to do something, you know? And I don't think that she really tried to, to go any other way. Like yeah, she yeah, definitely she, let him sure. on. But 
I think that the big thing that people were getting up in arms about was the fact that she's supposed to be 15 in the movie, but like she does not look 15. No, well, when she, didn't say pre- that? she wouldn't have presented herself as exactly. 15 to him. Yeah. She's a reporter for this. Like, no, he thinks exactly. she's 25 he or something. He knows that yeah. she's no. of age. I, I think it's the one of the biggest shames of that scene is that they don't let it play out that like Borat bursts in and ends it. I know. And I really wish that they had played it out a little bit more. And well, I mean, like, I, if I was, if I was, what's her name? Maria Baccarat? Bakalova. Bakalova. I'm sorry. If I was her, I wouldn't really want to be alone with Rudy Giuliani for any extended amount of yeah. period of time. So absolutely on no, a human she, level. She said that she felt safe the whole time because her crew was, and Sasha Baron Cohen himself was just in like a hidden closet. I think in that's the room. That's I fair. think she would say that, but at the same time, like I, if I was producing this film, I yeah. would not expect this actress to go any further. You know, because no, like totally. from there, it's like, what are they going to do? Start touching each other? It's like, yeah. all right, that's not. Okay. You're not acting anymore. Totally. You're, but it is a little yeah. bit of a, I think, a disappointment compared to with all the headlines made it out to be, where it's like, it doesn't feel like it's a crazy, like, oh my God, I can't believe Rudy Giuliani did. I'm like, yeah, he's like old, Yeah, weird, it's like, oh, what, dude. you can't believe that Rudy Giuliani would cheat on his wife? Like, come yeah, on. Yeah, of course he does. As usual, the truth is somewhere between the statements from both sides, yeah. where yeah. Giuliani's statement that he's like, it was complete fabrication, and I was being completely appropriate, and all I'm doing is talking to my shirt. Well, you weren't being... No, he was not completely appropriate. Yeah. That's that's off base. But so is Sasha Baron Cohen saying like, "Hey, it speaks for itself," because it doesn't quite. Because yeah. we don't know how they edited it, and if Sasha Baron Cohen really had some really damning footage, he, he would just release the unedited think, like two hour cut. They just give yeah. it to us. Yeah, I think having before having seen the scene, uh, hearing Sasha Baron Cohen being like, "Hey, I'm not going to say what happened or what didn't happen. You can decide for yourself." You can, it's like, he well, says, "Go watch the movie." Yeah, he's promoting the movie, well, and it's but like, it's like, it's "Well, like, you edited it." Exactly. Man. It's like pretending like a movie has no editorial voice, but of course it does. An editor yeah. has a huge editorial. Not even voice. a movie, a documentary. A documentary it still does. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, I didn't make this movie. The one thing <laughs> it just happened. The one thing I will say is, I like what Sasha Baron Cohen also said later. I think where it's just like. If that, because Rudy, actually, let's go back. I I find it very interesting that Rudy Giuliani is trying to say, like, I didn't get caught. I didn't get got. But, like, what was getting caught, what does that look like to Rudy Giuliani? Like, if Borat bur- bursted in and they had, like, a threesome? Like, what was, what's the, the line for, like, I wasn't got by these people. Well, the reason the reason he was acting the way he was is for plausible deniability. Because like you have to also imagine that he's wearing a wedding ring, and and, you know, there's times like people have a limited capacity for willpower. You have more willpower at the beginning of the day that you do at the end of the day, and it gets chipped away. That's just science. So I think that he's probably sitting there. uh, I don't know how many glasses of whiskey he had. Definitely aroused. Definitely flirting. And he's not being active in so other than that little pat on the back or whatever he's not like gonna whip his dick out but like he's waiting for her to do stuff and maybe he maybe he would let it go that way if it went that way yeah so, so he's th- leaving himself he's just riding the line where he's like i'm open but i'm giving myself plausible yeah, deniability so no one will be able to say that they got me yeah like so that's why he, he is it is a kind of corrupted position to take. He's not being like Captain America here. No, he is for being sure. creepy, but yeah. he just, it, you know what it is? It's just like when Trump said total exoneration. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah. The opposite of guilty is not innocent. It is not guilty. Yeah. People yeah, yeah. don't get found innocent. They get found not guilty. And right. that's where Giuliani is here. Totally. Like I, I can fair. watch the scene and decide for myself that I think that he's being a total sleazebag. Yeah. But at the same time, like, I don't think that, um, in the wider culture, this is 
uh, reason for cancellation or whatever because it's like he didn't do anything against her consent or whatever. Yeah. And he's, she's clearly he's not underage. making it welcome. Yeah. It's like yeah. The, the worst thing that uh, There's a lot be of taken other... from this is that maybe he's cheating on his wife, yeah. which is like shouldn't really come as a shock to anybody that a high-powered yeah. There's political a l- person. There's a lot of other reasons why we would cancel Rudy Giuliani yeah. before this interview. Dude, yeah. the most shocking thing in the whole movie was like when he's giving that interview and he says that the coronavirus was developed by the Chinese in a lab. I'm like, yeah, I, I like know that um, right-wing people, some of them believe that kind of stuff, but I didn't know that people like him just said that shit. Yeah, like, I don't was know. It, is that, wait, and I also don't know, is that substantiated? Like, that is there really evidence that it... That it was made in the lab? No, that's that's been disproven. Has it been disproven? I well, there's no evidence, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's I what's think been that proven what is that there is no is evidence. That there isn't conclusive evidence for sure, but there's yeah, there's very but questionable when say, evidence. When you said that, no, that no, I was like, when you what? Say, they say but I think that's <laughs> important not to phrase it that way. When you say there's no conclusive evidence, that sounds like there is evidence, but there is no evidence either way. Well, I guess it depends on what you. I haven't looked super deeply into it, but I I. Oh God! I can't wait for the comments. I on haven't this one. seen like. Oh boy! Yeah, let's not get into this. <laughs> Fair I enough. I think it was shocking to me to hear him say it so. Yeah. Uh, flatly, you know, just being like, "Well, you know, they did it." I mean, there, <laughs> I know. That, I was just like, that's the, "The whole point of their campaign isn't anything but misinformation and like emotional reactions." And so, like, whatever, we can't really fight misinformation like that. It is what it is. It's what I think. What I found even more shocking than that was like, like. Obviously, didn't start with a bat. Like, who would eat a bat? And he's like, I would eat a bat with you. He's like, oh, I'd eat a bat with you too. He said, <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. I'm missing the exact phrasing, but it's like, yeah, to that extent. It will hurt my stomach oh. and also hurt my asshole. So- <laughs> <laughs> She's talking about giving birth to the baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's like, it will, it will hurt. And he's like, yes, it will, because his arms are out like this. <laughs> yeah. The baby's arms are out. And the the, the, the I'm not gonna say doctor. That guy, counselor, yeah, pastor. the counselor doesn't know anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, um, he thinks that like she actually would say asshole instead of vagina. So the thing about the Chinese lab that I saw was that they had samples of the virus in a lab. Well, yeah, but so that's what people are talking about. I think when they were like, it was in a lab. So it's like, yeah, it's 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 it's, it's weak evidence at the very uh, at the ba- very at the, most at the most um, gracious gracious. But uh, yeah. There, that's. I think that's what I saw. Where I was like, oh, I thought there was something. Yeah, but that's it. And that's fair. I mean, like, if yeah. if there was a disease breaking out, I would want the labs to yeah, have samples of it. and you would expect it. CDC to have. Yeah. They have samples of all these. Horrible I would hope diseases. so. Yeah. yeah, that's. Yeah, to me, that's like not real evidence. But of course, anything can be misconstrued anyway. Yeah, facts are feelings now other different types of uh, humor in this movie Borat's middle name is Margaret <laughs> it just gets revealed a new piece of the canon thank you uh, <laughs> about a slapstick when he's at their house and he's like trying to kill coronavirus with a hammer <laughs> and finally I don't know what you call this but remember when he's explaining to the uh, Holocaust survival lady he's trying to explain his whole like rude why he's in America like what's been going on he's, he's describing these crazy events to her and he's like and I'm sure you figured out what happened next <laughs> He's like, well, I came here. I tried to deliver my daughter to Mike Pence, and I'm sure you could figure out what happened next. (laughs) That was just such a good joke. Obviously, yeah. She's like just tracking with him on it. This movie's so good. I will say, I think that Who is America is better. I was like, I I started rewatching it after watching this movie. It is so much more. It's, I mean, maybe it's me being angry, 
But that movie fits my like where my heart is at more. It's just such an angrier tone. David, yeah, I don't think you need you. to. I don't think you need to find things that make you more angry. Oh, but you it's also so don't need to convince good. us. We we believe you. But it's so much better than his other movies. Like, did you yeah. see? For, okay, it went downhill. It was like so downhill. It went to uh, Bruno. Bruno, which was okay, it's but fine. I never watched it twice. That one's just cringe. Like, there's no point to it. Like, he's not yeah. making a pro. LGBTQ movie. He's just making an absurd movie for shock. The only thing I remember from that one that I still quote today is carb goggles. I don't even remember that. Yeah. I, yeah, I never saw Bruno. What was that noise? Someone just made. <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think an interesting question for me, uh, surrounding all the Borat stuff is like Sasha Baron Cohen. Like what is his legacy? He's starting to do these. He's trying to get into like serious acting. I mean, obviously, he is a serious actor. Yeah, he's a very good actor. He's done amazing things that no other, other actor, uh, well, many other actors would struggle greatly yes. to do. And uh, I have great respect for him as, as a performer. But, like, what, is, what do movies like this really accomplish? Because clearly he has humanitarian goals. He, he's very involved in the Jewish uh, Anti-Defamation yeah. League. And, you know... He, he, he gave that great anti-Facebook speech earlier right, in the year. Right. He clearly has, uh, you know, moral goals that he's trying to achieve. But, like, how much does a movie like this get him closer to that? Because I feel like it doesn't accomplish much. Well, you talked about filter bubbles. People are, who don't agree with his views are going to watch this. Right. A lot of I people are like you. They watched... Uh, they watched Borat 1 and loved it when they were in high school, but they didn't have their political identity formed, and then they're going to get right. blindsided by this. Where just like that, there was a review well, on Rotten Tomatoes one. that David was reading where it's like, oh, he's so woke, blah, 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 blah. The jokes aren't funny. It's like, well, you clearly like Borat 1 and then you came yeah. in here yeah. and you have a, a yeah, I saw, different place of baggage. I saw some good reviews where it's like, like anything would be better than this. Watching like Sasha Baron Cohen take a shit would be better than this. And I'm like, literally that's what happens in the first movie. <laughs> he fucking takes a shit in a napkin. Rewatch the first one. Yeah. <laughs> there are definitely political stuff things in the first one but it's, i remember him it's talking both, about bush yeah it's for sure both sides though because he takes down like a feminist he takes down like lgbtq plus people like he he goes for everybody yeah. there's no it's like south park where no one can be offended because right. everyone's being attacked right but i mean obviously this fits my political views more but i also think like having a target kind of makes it better i also think that this cultural moment where people are more polarized means that people are reacting more strongly to this because yes it you know it involves him trying to give a someone away to Mike Pence or whatever and like we encounter a lot of people in America that you know they we, he gets them to say racist or sexist or just generally uh, weird things yeah um, but I think that if this movie came out you know when the first Borat movie came out I don't think that there would be so much backlash against it like on the right or whatever like I think that I think that the fact that we're in this moment where it feels like America is about to break out into civil war. It's a historic moment. Yeah. yeah. I don't think in our lifetime, certainly the tension's never been this high. The stakes have never been this high. Yeah. Like we could be watching democracy be unraveled. We don't know. We don't know what is going to happen on November and I, 3rd. I, I and think like, I feel that. I feel that. And I acknowledge that that's the general sentiment. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't like saying it out loud because if the election happens and everything's fine and like whatever, things are peaceful, then, then it's like so, yeah. all of this rhetoric is going to come. Like we're going to see I, I ourselves saying this, this and be like. I also want this podcast to last longer than three days. <laughs> like so when people are, are listening to this two weeks from now, it's not like really, really dated. Yeah. I think though, we'll, we'll say... I don't want to get too political in this podcast, but I will say it's very important to vote. Whatever your political belief, and that's it's how the movie ended. To 
participate there, in democracy. There was a call to action at the end of the movie when the yeah. credits rolled. It said, now go vote or be execute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. Totally. I, I do really like that. And, and so, so the movie has a point because of that. Well, I think it's, I actually think it's kind of irresponsible to use a platform to tell people how to vote, especially if like your oh. platform includes very impressionable people. Okay. Um, like I used to work for a church and the, something I really respected of the pastors that they never told people how to vote. And I mean like right. churches are historically very right leaning because they're, they're protecting uh, unborn children and uh, kind of our anti like yeah. anti-gay. And so like I didn't want them to be like vote for the right wing. I was like, no vote left wing. We want to protect these people. We want right. to have pro, pro freedom. Um, but I appreciated that they are choosing to just say, Go and vote. Go and participate in democracy because, right. like, that's a responsible thing. And, like, that's something we should all do. Even in elections that aren't this insane and, like, the stakes aren't this high, mm. it's important to participate in a democracy or I else. I mean, it's a little dog whistly, though, because in the case of both the movie and the church, you're both talking to a particular group of people who, right. you, when you say go and vote, they're going to go vote for your guy. Yes and no, though. I don't think that's. I, I think, though, that's like a. That's a unfair criticism. Like, what should they do then? Like, just not talk about it? Like, I think it's better for churches and stuff to be like, go vote. I, I like, that's like the best, I think that's like the best they could do. I feel like in terms of this movie, I don't think that the, them telling people to vote is like uh, a big thing to really talk about one way or the other because it's just kind of tacked on the end. Mm. And I think that's, that's kind of what I was trying to get at is that this movie doesn't strike me while I'm watching it as any sort of real political statement. Like it's basically the same thing where he's going through rural America and finding like, you know, rural Americans that are seem so weird and backwards and messed up to people who live in big cities. Yeah. And we're like, oh my gosh, what? They're just like going along with them because it's like maybe they're just like polite or they don't understand or whatever for any of these reasons. Yeah. And for sure, there's some like obvious. I'm I'm not saying any of them weren't real racists or whatever. Yeah. But like, I think it's just that there's definitely an exploitative angle here, and I just wonder what the point is, particularly given that I know Sasha Baron Cohen has these goals. Mm. You know, so it's like what the point is. It's a funny movie. That's one of the point. It's funny, and yeah. defamiliarization is the other. Just expose how absurd all this stuff is. Mm. The two, there's only two shots or two jokes really that aimed at the left. They were at the beginning, and I laughed my ass off at of both. One was saying like, since my first movie, the U.S. has been taken over by like an evil tyrant, and it's Obama. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. And then he's like, he inspired black leaders around the world and it shows Justin Trudeau in blackface. <laughs> we made it in. Yeah, yeah, that was great. That was hilarious. I was like, oh my gosh, it's I Justin Trudeau. so hard. Yay. It's, wor it's worth laughing at because it's very embarrassing. People know about Canada. Canada made it in, baby. Yeah. We got to wrap it up, boys. We do. I don't want to wrap it up. I want to talk about Borat forever. What, really? No. <laughs> I like this movie. It's I sweet. It I hope there's not another one ever, but it's pretty good. Maybe in like 10 years. What something did you guys give different. it again? 7.9. 7.9. You gave it a what? I said 8.5. That's and wild. To me, this it's is wild as good as... It's too high or what? Yeah, too high. No, this well, is... I gave it a 7. You gave it a solid 7. 7.9 is the highest, highest 7 you can give. Solid so, 7. Is that how you think about David it? David just liked it a little more than you. And I liked it a lot. Yeah. And I imagine this. I said it was one of the best sequels ever. I still didn't give it above a nine. I feel like watching this movie, it's almost like hard for me to think about it as a movie. Watch it twice. That's what I did. All right. I think it's, yeah, I think it's hard to, to, dismiss, to remove comedy from when people 
talk like joke about the comedy for too long like shit like austin powers is hard to get into because like everyone was like oh, yeah baby yeah and yeah, all that yeah, shit yeah. And, like all those jokes that were kind of funny when they first happened are just not funny and like i think they do a good job in this movie not doing too much of it like he doesn't go like my wife they're nice like yeah. very often they're, really. they're smart on it they do it like one time and there's deep like there's non-political jokes apolitical jokes that are awesome like when he's the dress shop and he's like where's <laughs> the where's the dress that says the, no means yes no means yes <laughs> like, and sh- they both lose it laughing like the lady loses it laughing oh it was great oh yeah <laughs> She yeah. starts laughing and then he's like, ah. He like yeah. sla- they're both slapping yeah. their knees laughing. That yeah. whole sequence. Even like when he goes to the plastic surgeon and he's like, she's like, would you have sex with me? Yo. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'd have sex with you if your dad wasn't here. Yo. That's <laughs> messed up. I had questions <laughs> about that guy. Yeah. Was he, what's up with that dude? It might be the kind of thing where it's like they went to 10 plastic surgeons and he's just the one that gave them the line like they the wanted. like the weirdest plastic surgeon ever. And then the like secretary up front was just like, no, the perverts have to be doctors or nurses. <laughs> <laughs> that was just lined up perfectly. Uh, what are we doing next? I learned, guys, that um, we might have to wait for our Lord of the Rings mm. coverage that we promised because the 4K trilogy is coming out December 1st. And I just think we should Scott Pilgrim is getting its 4K release sometime soon. Oh, we, we haven't done we Scott do that Pilgrim We'll have to do that because it's getting yeah, its 4K remaster. I don't know when that is, though. It's, I think it's COVID delayed. I don't know exactly what we're doing next week, but we're going to find something good for we're you We're going to let you know. Do you guys see that it. James Bond is trying to get onto streaming services? Do you know how much money they're trying to sell that, that guy, goddamn don't let a movie? <laughs> they're James, trying to sell that movie for. James Bond can do whatever the hell he wants. They're trying to mind. sell it for 600 million fucking dollars. God bless him. 600 million pounds. Pounds? I can't pounds. lift that. <laughs> I... Don't care. <laughs> All right, hit us up. <laughs> hit us up on Twitter at Carpool Critics with your suggestions of what we should cover next. You can also email us at our new email address. Hello. 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 At carpoolcritics.ca, Canada. And also, leave us some reviews because we like your reviews. You're really nice people. Uh, love I, you so much. I like all of you. Bye-bye. See you later. Chinqui. <laughs> nice.